episode 63 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is your host, Adam. I'm joined by Jill, as always. Jill, how are you doing today? I'm tired, Adam. I'm a little tired, too. <laughs> I, yeah. Again. Not in a bad Well, not in a bad way. No, not yeah. in a bad way. Well, kind of. Again, we're in Cleveland. The Indians are in the World Series. I know. I was thinking about this when this episode goes live. We're either going to be really happy here in the Overdrive offices or not. Right. And I think we've done a good job of not being too, like, I mean, we. I guess we've done the whole Cleveland against the world thing the last couple of podcasts. But Sorry, from, Chicago Cubs yeah, fans. We're from Cleveland. And, you know, if, if the Cubs win tonight, we're not going to come and pout on the next episode. But we're tired because we're just saying, because seriously, World Series games take forever because all the commercials. And they start late. Yeah. They start late. So... Anywho. Other than that, I'm good. Yeah, other than that, good. Perfect. All right. Uh, we, as you will have noticed, there was no intro to this episode because this episode is Jill and I, so it didn't make much sense to do an intro, have you hear some music, and then just come right back to us in real time. So, anywho, uh, you want to tell everyone what we are talking about today? Yeah, so it is November, which is National Novel Writing Month. Yes, it is. Or known as... NaNoWriMo. NaNoWriMo. You seriously asked that, and I was like, I don't know. I know. Well, that's actually why I had you say it, because I always, I say NaNoWriMo so much that I had to think it's a National Novel Writing Month. I just always see it shortened down, so. Correct. NaNo. That was me copping out to having you say it. That's fine. NaNoWriMo. And I don't know if, so for those who maybe don't know what National Novel Writing Month is or what NaNoWriMo is. Um, it is basically a writer's challenge, a month-long writer's challenge, where you are challenged to write um, a 50,000-word novel in a month. Or at least the start of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're supposed to, to get, get 50,000 like first... words within a, within a month, whether that's the full novel or if you have to keep going or whatever. Um, and it's a big deal. That's first off, the entire idea is bananas. It's like telling someone, I want you to run a marathon, but sprint the whole marathon. Yeah, I we talked about this, but I have a nonfiction book coming out. Yeah, you do. In uh, two months. And that was, it's like 80,000 words. It took me six months to write. <laughs> like, I can't imagine trying to cram, you know, like 50,000 words in a it, month. That's it's, impressive. It's amazing. The people who do it, and what we're going to talk about today is you found a, a nice list of a bunch of books that have gone on to become successful through NaNoWriMo, because there have been a lot of books that are published that were written during this time. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, as you would expect, if someone writes a book in a month, A, first off, when it gets published, if it does, you're not seeing that draft that they wrote in that 30 days. That's basically getting the the crux of the story, the bones. It's the first draft. It's the first draft, exactly. Um, some one of our authors called it the zero draft. I can't remember. I think that was yeah. Lee Bardugo. She calls her first one like the zero yeah. draft. Um, so yeah, it, you're not going to see everything that they talked about just in that month. But a lot of people do end up getting published out of this. I actually have a friend who has written a bunch of books for Nanorama that we'll talk about a little bit li- a little bit later. But thought it would be fun to tell people. Some of the books that maybe they've read them already and didn't know that they were NaNoWriMo books, or maybe we'll just give you some book recommendations. So That was me. I was putting together the list. Some of them I knew, but some of them I did not know were NaNoWriMo books. Yeah, and some of the ones that I have here, it may sound like I'm reading a description but from some of them, because I am, because I haven't read right. all of these books, but they still sounded really interesting. So 
Anytime I find a book that I know I'm going to end up reading, I'm like, well, we should talk about it on the podcast. Agreed. Yeah, if it's a good enough in my mind to be a recommendation for myself, I think other people will like it too. So do you want to kick us off with some of the ones that you found? Yeah, I have to say my my favorite of this list, like one of my absolute favorite books ever is Fangirl by mm-hmm. Rainbow Rowell. Yeah. Which I did not know was a NaNoWriMo book, but yeah. it is. She started it. She didn't, I remember reading, she didn't um, finish it during NaNoWriMo. Like her book is much longer than 50,000 words. Right. But yeah, she started writing it, which and- is just, and it's one of my favorite books. Like I, I don't self-identify with books very often, mm-hmm. but I was reading this and I'm just like, oh my God, that was totally me in college. <laughs> I wrote fan fiction in college. So ironically, you were fangirling. I was totally fan. Oh, my copy is signed. I fangirled Rainbow Rowell when I met her at Cuyahoga yeah. County a couple months ago. And was that her first book? No. Uh, it was not her first book. Yeah, so let's put you on the spot. Cause I... No, I am going to look it up. Sure. Because I am not 100% sure about yeah. which one it is. I think Attachments is her first, mm-hmm. but I... I'm going to look it up just yeah. to make sure. Well, and then this kind of reminds me, while you're looking that up, um, something sort of similar is, and it's not during NaNoWriMo, but David Levithan, who I spoke with recently, was on the podcast, he does a thing where every Valentine's Day, he writes a short story for his friends, and sometimes those become books, so it's kind of along the same lines. And just like this, I told him, I was like, I can't believe you write a book every single year in a short amount of time, but... Anyway, I think I've killed enough time for you to look up Rainbow You did. Stuff. Yeah. Um, Attachments is her her debut, which is also a delightful book. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Fangirl was a NaNoWriMo book. Yeah. And I mean, we'll, I think it's a, she's probably one of the professional book nerds, got a certified recommendations or anyone on our, anyone that comes on the podcast is usually like, I love Rainbow Rowell, read anything that she's written. But Pretty much. But yeah. Fangirl was she, uh, she says she was skeptical about it at first. Because, and she said it seemed like something that amateur writers would do, mm-hmm. and you know, having already written them. But um, then she decided to go ahead and try. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna let you keep going because I know these first few are ones that you, oh, I think, have read. Yeah, the other one I'm really, really excited. Well, yeah, I guess there's a there are several, but uh, the other one, <laughs> the Marissa Meyer Lunar Chronicles. Mm-hmm. I can we talk about this? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, it's on it's on their website. So she, we're going to be interviewing her. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to be You're interviewing her. Yeah, you stepped up. I'm so, oh, I'm so happy about this. We, <laughs> Me well, too. Well, I'm sad. Okay. <laughs> Marissa Meyer is coming to Cleveland to do one of these author events. And uh, we're not, we weren't a part of like hosting it. Some of these authors will just do like a reading and they don't need anyone else on stage with right. them. But they'll still bring us in to do an interview ahead of time. And it's on a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I... To have a previous engagement on Saturday I can't get out of not and I'm not in the city so I like begged Jill I was like can you please do this interview by yourself and you had no worries no problem yeah. <laughs> no problem interviewing her I think I would have actually been getting in your way at this point I, well yeah because she and this is actually we had you know talked about this whole fairy tale episode and I believe we talked about the Lunar Chronicles yes. in the fairy tale episode which are sort of cyborg fairy tales yeah um, um like like, and not, not steampunk. Yeah, well, cyborg. Not really steampunk. I don't think it's steampunk. Yeah. It's Cinder cyborg. is most definitely cyborg Cinderella. Yeah. She's a cyborg Cinderella. Cyborgarella. Um, and then Scarlet is about like the Red Riding Hood character and C- 
Cress is the Rapunzel character who's like in this like satellite station, mm-hmm. <laughs> like Amazing. way up in space. So they're very sci-fi, um, a little fantasy fairy tales, right? And they're delightful. And her newest one is Heartless, which is I'm very excited about because it's a Alice in Wonderland one. Anyway, um, yeah. So she started the Lunar Chronicles as a NaNoWriMo novel. Mm-hmm. Not just one, just, all three of them. Yeah, I think the idea for all three of them came, because it's like a series, so yeah. she probably had the same idea. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Cinder was the Yeah. By the, the way, I'm, I'm really mad about missing this interview because of Heartless, because I am a gigantic... Write me, Al- too. Uh, yeah, I also wonderland everything. I, I, have an Al- I have two Alice in Wonderland tattoos. I had an Alice in Wonderland-themed wedding I've talked about. I'm super jealous. That uh-huh. I know it's fine. Whatever. It's not even just Alice in Wonderland. It's the Queen of Hearts. I know. I'm not. I don't want to talk about it. Anyway, <laughs> I have a fun note about Marissa Meyer and Nano that I think everyone will enjoy. I discovered this while just looking up stuff for the this podcast. So in 2008, Marissa Meyer heard of a competition in in which whoever wrote the most words during Nano would win a walk on role in a Star Trek episode. And then she says, being both a geek and chronic overachiever, she couldn't resist. And then the, the quote goes on to say, although she sadly didn't win that prize, I'd say she won a far greater prize. She completed three incredible first drafts, which of course have become known as the Lunar Chronicles. So I love the idea that not only did she take partake in NaNoWriMo and end up having a number of great books out of it, but really she did it so she could be on a Star Trek episode, which is... That's some awesome level that of nerdery. That is some I love that. awesome level of nerdery. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got some other ones you want to chat about? I do. Uh, the Night Circus mm-hmm. by Aaron uh, Morgenstern is amazing. Yeah. It, and fun, so if you, that's the one, if you, if you look for NaNoWriMo books, like published, it's every article leads It is it. every article about the Night Circus. Yeah. I feel like. I think that one just became so big. Mm-hmm. It just was like an overnight success. Yeah. And even though other books had been published before it, they didn't quite have that same level. Because, like, the sin- like the Lunar Chronicles, that's young adult. Actually, and I may have my timing out wrong on all of it. But, um, and, like, Fangirl is... I don't know if it's classified as young adult or adult, but like the Night Circus yeah. is just an adult book. It right. hit the bestseller lists on a level that the other ones maybe didn't at mm-hmm. the time they were published. Right. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. If that makes sense. What you're saying makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that one I did know yeah. was a Nana Rhyme. No. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one's Water for Elephants. That one as well. Yeah, which I have. I haven't read, but I'm familiar I with the story. Yes. I, same thing. I knew. When you sent me this list, I was like, oh, yeah, I actually knew yeah. that was a nano. I knew that one, too. Um, but some of you may have not. Um, so I'm going to combine your list and some of the sure. ones I found. So Wool by Hugh Howey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a dystopian sci-fi novel. And it's one of those credited with putting self-publishing on the map, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, after selling tens of thousands of ebooks directly to his readers, he signed a six-figure deal with a, mall, with a major publisher, which is awesome. Uh, Wool was actually originally issued as five separate separate novellas, which is really cool. Um, and he wrote three of them and even published one in November of 2011. So 
you're at three of the novellas that became wool right in one month and i should say when we're talking about that actually sparked something when we're talking about books published we're talking books that started as NaNoWriMo and were what would be called traditionally published Mm -hmm. through a major or like through a publishing house through a publishing house there's a lot more that have been Mm self-published there's so many that have been self-published right which is Um, incredible yeah and if you go to the NaNoWriMo website they have an expansive they have a very expansive list of all of the ones yeah um but yeah, I, we can keep going through these, but speaking of self-publishing, I said I have a friend who sent me a very long, wonderful message that I want to kind of share with you guys about NaNoWriMo, but we can keep going through these recommendations first. Um, I found another one, a couple other ones. Uh, Libby Owen Lived Here by Sarah Dooley. I read this a while ago. I actually didn't know it was a NaNoWriMo book, and then I kind of forgot about it, and I was rediscovering it this morning. So it's a story about a, a family who is struggling. They continuously are moving from house to house uh they're continuously getting um removed from these houses they have a daughter who's who's autistic she's severely autistic and she continuously has outbursts and they just can't stay in one place and it's a really unique story it's this family kind of trying to get through these difficult situations Um, but what's really cool about the book is it's actually written by it's written from the perspective of Libby who's a daughter who is autistic Mm -hmm. so I mean there's a few other books that are out there like this but um I don't know. I really liked it. It gives you this glimpse into what it's like living as someone who's autistic when to them, they don't know that they're, they say like Libby's like, I doesn't recognize that it's autistic, but it also talks about, you know, a lot of times when people are autistic, what they um, may struggle with when it comes to social interactions, they have really unique brains and ways of thinking and they have incredibly talented they have incredible gifts that people, if you just sit down and speak with them, you'll realize, oh my God, you can do things that I couldn't possibly imagine. Right. Um, so it's a, it's a really great story. Again, it's uh, by Sarah Dooley. That's Libby Owen lived here. And I had no idea that was a NaNoWriMo book as well. Um, I have some others, but you can keep, we can kind of ping back and forth if you want. Um, one that I have not read, but I kind of want to after reading the description is The Art of Crash Landing mm-hmm. by Melissa DiCarlo. It came out uh, last year. And the description is from a Bright New Talent comes this debut novel about a young woman who travels for the first time to her mother's hometown and gets sucked into the mystery that changed her family forever. Ooh, that's that good. Right? That's my kind of book. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have one, same thing, I haven't read this one, but it sounded really interesting. Uh, Don't Let Me Go by J.H. Trimble. Uh, and then this is a little blurb from uh, Publishers Weekly. Uh, do Nate and Adam are small town adolescents whose relationship is threatened when Adam moves to New York. Uh, Nate recalls the first moments of their romance and its development, even as it's threatened by the arrival of Luke, who's a closeted younger teen who's attracted to Nate. And the thing that PW points out is it's it's told frankly and honestly from Nate's point of view, and the novel explores lots of issues like coming out and parental acceptance or lack of acceptance, um, anti-gay violence, and a whole lot of, again, still very topical issues that um, are still very much in society. So... I am a big fan of any time you can get different perspectives from the narrators. I love kind of the whole diversity and representation situation for that one. So that one I will definitely be checking out. Yeah. Um, I'm also interested in something about this makes me think that this has been mentioned on the podcast. I could be making it up. But The Forest of Hands and Teeth by Carrie Ryan. That sounds so familiar. I I believe Christina talked about it. All right. It's zombies, right? I 
I'm not entirely sure, but based on the cover, possibly. Yeah, I think it's like a zombie trilogy, maybe. It's definitely a series. Um, okay, so I'm I'm probably not making that up then. Yeah, I but yeah, believe, I feel I like because I saw that pop up and I was like, why does that sound yeah. so familiar? Also, the, I, also the title, like that's a that's an that's award. a mem- that's, an that's award. like a memorable title. It's an award winning title. For, that's what I mean yeah. when I'm just like, I pretty sure I've heard that before. Yeah, it's not one you're going to forget or like if you hadn't heard before. <laughs> yeah, I know that's when you're just like, okay, I want to read that based solely on the name of it. Right. Um, you have a couple more, right? I think. Um, do I? Possibly. Maybe. Mm. Or I think, uh, Beautiful Land. The Beautiful Lands by Alan Avril. Avril, yeah. Which I don't have. Yeah, that one I'm not familiar with either. Again, these, we were kind of learning it, them, learning them as well as you guys were learning them. Um, That's the fun of it. Yeah. Absolutely. New books for everybody. Well, I mean, if we're going to do a podcast, we should get some recommendations for ourselves out of this, right? Um... The description for The Beautiful Land. Takiro Leary has a very special job, working for the Axon Corporation as an explorer of parallel timelines. Okay. Right? Yep, on board. Um, as many, as varied as anyone could imagine. A great gig until information he brought back gave Axon the means to maximize profits by changing the past, present, and future of this world. That's really cool. Okay. Sold. Yeah, done. I like that a lot. Um, Sign me up. Absolutely. Okay, so again, those are all those are books that were written during National Novel Writing Month. Uh, I have a friend who takes National Novel Writing Month very seriously. Um, she has written a ton, and she doesn't have any published books yet, but she uses Wattpad, which is mm-hmm. an amazing site. I highly recommend you check it out if you're a reader or a writer. Um, but she sent me some. I asked her what her thoughts were on NaNoWriMo, and. Being that it's in November, she wrote me a lot of thoughts because that's, sure. that's what you're supposed to do this time of year. So I just have, I'm going to kind of read what she said to me. And I think this is really helpful for people who might want to participate. Um, it's not too late to start, even though when you will have heard this, it's November 3rd. Um, but I just want to kind of give you some ideas of what she as a writer thought about. So for her, she said, it's actually how she started writing books. Um, she, in the past, has done like screenwriting and songwriting and things like that, but she never tried to write an actual book. Um, she had a story in her head for years and started writing in August of last year and then just tapered out. And a friend of hers was like, well, why don't you try during NaNoWriMo? And so she said, sure, why not? And it said, it taught me a lot about being a writer, mainly to keep going. Uh, it might seem difficult and overwhelming to write 2,000 words a day, but if you want to be successful, that's kind of what you have to do. Um, then she says, I carried that over to Wattpad and started writing new books there. And instead of updating once a week or once a month, she would update every single day. So whatever she wrote on that day, mm-hmm. she would put into Wattpad. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Wattpad, you can basically follow people who are writing stories. And every time they update it, you get more of that story. It's kind of like, um, oh, not Penny Dreadfuls. What am I trying to think of? Um, well, you're thinking of like the serials. Yeah, like serials and, and things that used to be like. In olden like days, Dickens, it, yeah, That's like Charles Dickens, exactly. Um, and so, basically, what ended up happening for her is because she was doing stuff every single day, um, she had her readership explode. Like most popular books, uh, her most popular book has over two hundred thousand reads, and she has three thousand followers on there. And now she has the ability to go to a publisher with these completed books and say, "I have a following of people who have already promised to purchase my books." 
Uh, so this year she's trying something new. She's publishing each chapter of her nano project on Wattpad as she writes it. Uh, not only does this give her instant reader feedback, which is really cool, uh, it's both fun and challenging. And then people get into the story, which helps motivate her to keep going. And that gets to the point of NaNoWriMo. People think of writing as a solitary act, but NaNoWriMo makes it a social kind of experience. This is not a NaNoWriMo book, but that's how The Martian was written. Yeah, you, yeah, he had a um, like a blog basically, mm-hmm. and people and they would sort of contribute to the sciency part. I think they mm-hmm. would offer corrections or suggestions. Yeah, and um, and to her point, so she also she works in the book industry. She works for like a, a publishing house advertising agency, mm-hmm. and she says, you know, since I work in the book industry, I see a lot of first time authors who write one book, whether it's through NaNoWriMo or not, and that's wonderful. But most of them don't think beyond that, and. It's not about that one book. 99% of people will become successful authors by publishing much more than one book. Um, So for her, she says, NaNoWriMo isn't a place for you to write a book and submit it to agents and publishers in December and January thinking you're going to make money. It's a place to sharpen your skills, entrench entrench yourself in the writing community and lifestyle, and develop the tenacity needed to be successful in this and any industry. Think about it like you're training for a marathon. Sometimes you need to do sprints to make you stronger and faster. And because I want to give her a shout-out, because I appreciate it, if you go to Wattpad and look up Jandra Lee, J-A-N-D-R-A-L-E-E, that's her name on there. And again, you'll see she has multiple books that she's written all through NaNoWriMo and, and Wattpad. So Sounds good. Cool stuff, yeah. So, so, so if you are a writer writing and you're on day three and you're already like, uh, what do I have do ahead of me? Yeah. It's <laughs> Just okay. Just keep remembering. Yeah. And like I said, it's it's a cool experience because you can go on Twitter and use the hashtag NaNoWriMo and complain and you'll get someone else being like, ah, oh, I know. And then you'll get support. and Pretty much. Yeah. It's a really cool, unique community of people who are very much on the same team when it comes to the writing. So, Agreed. Yeah. Good uh, stuff. Anything else we should talk about today? No, yeah. I don't know. I don't think so either. It's not what are you reading? Um, right now, so we're a digital company, but Fair I, question. May, I may <laughs> currently be reading um, the illustrated Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets because it's gorgeous. That's okay. Um, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's. I did. I bought it and actually put on Snapchat a few days ago. I was my dog who loves screens. Um, one of my two dogs loves staring at screens, like TVs, anything. And he was staring at the pictures in the book, which I thought was the cutest thing ever. Like, on my lap, he was looking at all the pictures in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I don't have children, but I have two dogs, and my wife walked into me reading a bedtime story to my dog. I was reading him Chamber of Secrets. Um, So, yeah, so that's currently what I'm reading. Um, How about you? What are you reading right now? I have an advanced reader's copy of Geekerella by Ashley Poston. Yeah. Which... Again, retelling fairy tales. Mm-hmm. It's Cinderella, and it is so nerdorific. I can't even tell you. That, that's such a good word, nerdorific. That there are so many nerd and geek references in this book. Mm-hmm. It is too much for me to handle. Almost like I can't. So like it's Cinderella, and she. It's a. It's so like imagine some like something like Star Trek but not Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And she's like a big fan and they're making a reboot movie. Okay. And it casts the super popular like young teen heartthrob and mm-hmm. she's just like 
<laughs> Why would you do? You know what I mean? Because yeah. uh-huh. you know, gets, yeah. Turns out though, he's like a big fan of the show, mm-hmm. but nobody really knows that. And like, they start texting, not knowing they're the other person, and it's just super fabulous. And yeah. of course, he's sort of like the prince character, and that's amazing. Okay, but that's... there are so many geek references. It's just, it's, it's just magical. Are we talking about like on the level of Ready Player One, like that many? Because those aren't really. I mean, those are more like pop, old pop culture references. But yes. But... But same kind of situation. Same kind of situation. Mm-hmm. It, but it's just like Doctor. There's like Doctor Who references there, which of course I love, and just Star Trek references yeah. because the TV show that she's a fan of is sort of in line with that, and uh, it's so fun. So yeah. that comes out um, in March. Nice. I do want to give a shout out to some of our past authors that have been on. Um, so earlier this week, uh, the Goodreads Choice Awards came out. And this is actually pretty cool. We have a bunch of authors that have been on uh, our podcast that are up for different Goodreads Choice Awards, and that includes Marie Nykamp, who was This Is Where It Ends, mm-hmm. and Lee Bardugo, who was Six of Crows and The Crooked Kingdom, uh, Nathan Hill, who was the author of The Knicks, Lisa Unger, who wrote Ink and Bone, um, Julie McElwain, who was actually one of our other big library read uh, authors. Hers was A Murder in Time, and then oh, Marissa yeah. Meyer, who will be on in a couple of weeks yes. every single one of them is up for a Goodreads uh, the Goodreads Choice Awards yes so if you're a fan of books and you're listening to this podcast you obviously are probably and I'm assuming you have a Goodreads account too probably go on Goodreads and vote for some of the people we've had on it was just a cool thing to see so that was really fun I got to see that yesterday and share the news and, and all that good stuff so good times yeah it was good stuff alright alright well I hope you guys enjoyed Jill and I kind of rambling a little bit here about NaNoWriMo we are big fans of the, of the month and hope you are as well and um, yeah if you tap the information page of this podcast you will see all the books we talked about and we'll link them all over dev.com so we will indeed yeah alright well hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I guess goodbye <laughs> happy reading and happy writing <laughs> happy writing and happy reading Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Hello everyone, my name is Matt Neglia, and I am the host of the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Film Entertainment Awards website, nextbestpicture.com. On our show, we explore all year long what is possibly going to win Best Picture at the Oscars. We do this by conducting interviews with people within the film industry, holding weekly reviews of the latest theatrical releases, and on our main show, where we dive into various different topics, answer your fan questions, and also do our best to explore Oscar history's past in hopes that it will tell us something new for this upcoming award season race. We hope that you will join us on all of the various podcasting networks. We look forward to seeing you over at nextbestpicture.com.